0: welcome back to another hour of scotch hour i'm noah and i'm jesse all right jesse so hey hopefully you had another great week hopefully all of our uh all of our viewers and listeners had a great week as well i think we have another fun show here we are going to be doing the best of batman that's right uh we went to a really great restaurant tonight uh in parker called the tailgate tailgate and Uh, Some shout-outs, and uh, I think that's about it, right? That's our normal lineup?
1: That is it.
0: Any last-minute housekeeping uh, things we need to cover?
1: No, I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed and endured the full extent (laughs) of our previous show, episode 51. Uh, And... Kennedy. Uh, A lot of good facts there as we continue to evolve and adapt. This was definitely one of our longer shows, but tons of good information in there. So thank you guys and gals who took the time and watched it. And uh, especially for all of the feedback, whether you liked it, um, what you liked about it. And I really appreciate you guys, uh, um, feedback. That was awesome.
0: Exactly. I, yeah, it is great that they had, we had some great feedback this, uh, this past episode and, uh, It's really nice to um, actually comment back to some people who left some comments and uh, yeah. it's an
1: important topic and I think that's one thing where you and I both found this passion for it which is yeah it's so easy to look at a little piece of history and just take it for granted and and also it was a very tragic time in history so a lot of people probably do just want to forget about it but as technology changes as things advance and you can find new facts just keep your mind open. That's what we
0: ask. And uh, just to let you know, this episode is brought to you by Paul Anner Beer, <laughs> and Bevy's Liquor Store. I'm huh. just joking. <laughs> we, get, we get no kickbacks, nothing like that. I'm just joking, everybody. Unless you want to. Scotch
1: this week, very happy to... Uh, Look at this beautiful deep forest green box with gold in the Kragenmore Distillers Edition. This particular one uh, was distilled in 2007, was cast if you will, and then bottled in 2019. It's a Speyside single malt scotch. Uh, Kragenmore Distillery is located in the village of Ballindalloch uh, in Banffshire, Scotland. It resides off the banks of the River Spey at the Burn, um, as it's water source and more and more one of the things that I'm really enjoying and seeing very true is a lot of these great distilleries really do have a prized water source that they seek that they go after that they uh, consistently use um this scotch here is reputed to be one of the most complex and characterful malt whiskies of the space region as we've visited different areas and regions isla the isle of sky with talisker scotches isla uh, of course you've got Uh, my favorite and We've got um, Oban and some of these others. Uh, You do start to see unique characteristics based on where the distilleries are located. So uh, this one I am very excited for um, as I start to uh, unbox it. And do you want to read uh, a little bit more about the history?
0: Well, I think the first thing I'll probably mention here is as you're unboxing it is uh, we have Pretty much gone, almost like <laughs> back to back to back weeks, just by simply default of having women distillers, yeah, or, or uh, women Scotch makers. Uh, and this, and the, for this particular uh, distillery, uh, her name is Laura Vernon. Yes. So that's uh, I think that was just like pure pure dumb luck. Yeah, yeah. I actually I mentioned
1: that to a couple of females, and one in particular was like, oh, "That's because women have better taste." And I was just like, "Well, hmm, you know, I, I can't argue that. I don't know that she does." Is, is that is that
0: a really taste. an arguable point though? I mean,
1: I don't know. I mean, if they're drinking and enjoying the same scotches, who knows? But. Here, nonetheless, I think what she was really referring to was an ability to uh, use different uh, feelings, sensations. Um, I don't know of a ton of Female sommeliers, but the few I am aware of, uh, do very well for themselves. <laughs> so obviously they're very talented <laughs> and probably truly do have a gift. I'm the average sommelier for the those. The gift to taste and nose. Know? Oh my goodness! I'm telling you, man. uh, Lots of ton fun bad jokes there, but I'm telling you, man. I'm like, I'm <laughs> surprised know, you <laughs> <didn't>
0: <laughs> jump in on any of those. I mean, <laughs> I kind of like lofted it up there. You know, that's nice.
1: what she said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know,
1: uh, a sommelier is very capable and a great sommelier is making in the half a million dollar salary right now. Um, that's just amazing. These people get to travel and visit and enjoy phenomenal uh, wines in most cases. But uh, what, a, what a treat to be able to, to your point, try another one of these great scotches with the, where the master blender is a female.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of a cool... A cool note there. Yeah, and opposite of uh, Glen morangi which had like the super long necks that have the spirit animal of a mm-hmm. of a giraffe, uh, this particular one has a relative relatively short and have flat tops, which have uh, an effect on the taste and aroma. Of their whiskey, so maybe their spirit animal might be a slug. I don't know. <laughs> no, man, it's a rhino. It's a rhino. It's a tiny still.
1: <laughs> the rhino is going to come after me for that one. A um, couple quick little tidbits of history, and it's fun. One of the things I am really enjoying as we get more into the histories of some of these distilleries of uh, 1869. Big John Smith founded Craig and Moore. Big John. That's right. Um, he was said to be the most experienced distiller of the day, which is very possible considering he was a former manager at uh, the McAllen, Glenlivet, Glen Farclass, and one of which I am not yet familiar with, the Wishaw Distillery. I've not heard of Wishaw Yeah. So, well, But
0: the other ones I am familiar with. Yeah.
1: Um, so with this though, he leased the land started a distillery it was his dream uh is right by the Strathspray railway which is no longer a railway unfortunately times change more efficient and effective ways for distributing and and delivering goods have come since then and that one was no longer needed but he did it intentionally because of the water source and the rail line which was to be able to get goods in and also to get able to get his scotch out so pretty smart there
0: um Seems like uh, like a lot of distilleries during like World War One, World War II area, they also uh, 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 had their production uh, suspended during wartime.
1: Yeah, it's very, uh, that's one of the fun parts about this. One of the things that's interesting. So 1887, his first whiskey special leaves the Ballendolik station for Aberdeen. Uh, 25 wagons carried 300 casks of Kragenmoor. 1901. Dragonborn was rebuilt, got destroyed. I wonder if that was a war. Just an idea. Maybe. In 1912, <laughs> Gordon Smith dies. His widow, Mary Jane, takes over. So, big John Smith. Mary Jane Gordon, Parker. Yeah, right. <laughs> Gordon Smith. Uh, in 1917. Production is suspended because of wartime. I think what's really key here is to, to think about some of these different timelines, World War One, World War II, what they did to some of the different distilleries, to some of the different uh, single malt scotches, whiskeys um, around the world even, and don't downplay the impact that had on a lot of our, our special challenges as well. Uh, so in 1923, Mary Jane sells the distillery to a white horse distillers who rate the whiskey in A1. 1925, a new warehouse is erected where Erected, erected, where 300... Erected, <laughs> erected. <laughs> yeah, you know. 360,000 is defunctional. Yeah, <laughs> of crag can be aged. So now we're starting to really get this uh, potential. 1941, guess what? World War II halts production due to barley shortages. 1961, coal fire stills and technology really start to take their impact. In um, 64, production was increased with a doubling stills. So now you've got two for wash and two for spirit. Um, 1960, Seventy-two. All four stills are converted to steam, um, and since then, a couple of the other keynotes, notes. Um, Diageo now owns and uses the Craigieburn Distillery, um, and with that, a lot of their whiskey, their Scotch, goes to blends um, of which not all are Scotch at all.
0: So a key point here, I think, you kind of brought up is um, during during World War II, they halted production due to barley shortages. Mm. I think that kind of pertains to, the, to today's time. Yeah. I mean, what, what kind of shortages are we seeing now? Ah, very interesting. Yeah, and absolutely. Very astute <laughs> to bring that up. Uh, uh, like where, yeah, where did it all go? I don't know. So. And uh, so Total Wine, seventy nine ninety nine. dollars 99 right? That's the retail?
1: That is the retail. Yeah. Um, and and that was it's kind of a steal if you get that. That's for this particular one because most of them were going for ninety nine.
0: Yeah, there, I know there was like a newer uh, distiller's edition. So this there's the uh, the new edition that came out, and that's going for ninety nine ninety nine. And I think this is the previous years. Yeah,
1: forty uh, percent alcohol by volume, and we're gonna find out if this tastes half as good as this bottle is handsome.
0: It is. A, it has a nice green color to it.
1: Yeah. Is it a forest
0: green or what we call it green? Yeah, it's man, green. I want to be an army ranger. Okay. <laughs> I want to live a life of danger. (laughs) (laughs) The Breakfast Club, man. That's a totally awesome movie. It is a great movie. It really is a great movie. At least that's what I think of when uh, when I hear that song.
1: Yeah. Uh, Clear bottle. So definitely, as you can tell by the color through this clear glass, this is a deeper scotch in color than some of the ones we've enjoyed
0: recently. So, this one here, right, is 40 ABV as compared to the most of our other ones at 43, right?
1: 43, absolutely. And some of the other distillers, uh, 46 range.
0: Okay. It has your nice wooden top that you like it looks like from over here. I
1: mean, she likes the wooden top, too. And a tight
0: fit. Glugs. Glugs for days. That's
1: him letting me know he wants a big pour, Clugs for Days. (laughs) I I don't know
0: about that, but sure.
1: I mean- It's code, (laughs) Clugs for Days, Jesse, Clugs for Days.
0: All right, Um, and I guess we'll do our warp speed here, so we'll just do our quick clip there. All right. Uh, so welcome back. Uh, we did our uh, our tasting here, and uh, he, I'm very impressed with this. I've never had this uh, particular distillery before, or any kind of single malt from them. And uh, I did enjoy, I did enjoy it a lot. I think it has like a really like when I look at the at the color here. Um, in my notes here, I put a nice copper to medium gold color. And um, as far as the bouquet goes, I got. Um, Hints of a light cigar smoke mm. is what I kind of picked up from it. And with a slight sweetness of a of a of a port. And um as far as the uh, the palette goes, uh is very light body all the way through for me. Um it was a little bit sweet on the front end, the middle, uh, the mid palette, that's where I kinda of picked up some of the banana. And then near like near the end of the mid palette to the beginning of the fi- of the finish. That's where I started to catch a little bit more smoke there. And really on my finish, I picked up uh, malt and charred oak. So that's kind of like what I I got from it. Um, Once again, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of like most of the ones that we've been tasting lately, I believe have been a 43% ABV. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do think uh, maybe that you can definitely tell that there's a slight difference from the ones that we had compared to this one. This one's very good. It's very delicate. Uh, I don't, well, I'm not sure if I say delicate is the type of word there, but it, I mean it does have some good complexity to it.
1: It's not hot, so no. it's nice with that.
0: Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very nice. Yeah, it's, I would say it's nice. Has good flavor to it. Light bodied. You know, some of the other ones we've had some like heavy bodies, some medium bodies, but this one's really nice. Light, you know, light body. And I think it's it's actually a really good a good. Uh, a good scotch, and I can see probably why they would utilize it for blending. Mm-hmm, absolutely, which I think might be a little bit of a disservice to them because maybe they're That's not. That's what much.
1: I'm talking about.
0: Because <laughs> maybe they're not getting as much credit as they as right? they should as a distillery. Yeah, no kidding. Like
1: I call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, color medium brass all the way. Uh, I, I like it. Um, not a lot, light a lot. Um, not light not super brassy but medium brass and, and i like it uh the nose man here's where it gets fun it is fruity and juicy and like you mentioned you absolutely get that scent of the port, uh oak Cask that it, it's a uh, second maturation was done in the first and traditional oak. Um, and they're they're reputed to use smoked barley. Uh, but with that, man, it is fruity and juicy to the level of like juicy fruit bubble gum when you get that fresh stick in your mouth, it just pops and it's so fruity. And that's really the nose I get on this. It's no, it's not uh mild, um, it's not complex. It's complicated. It's it's almost this uh, seesaw effect between the sweet fruits and the port, the dry port uh, on the tongue. The taste for me, again, complicated, and I like that. Um, not mild at all, but not so bold and hot because all you can taste is the alcohol. The sweet fruits that I get in there, um, I get almost a strawberry raspberry flavor, not jammy, but just again, these fruits, these juices that are coming through and then transcending. into port uh, a dry fruit and I just get a teeny bit of smoke at the tail there (laughs) that's what she said um with the with the taste though it's it's great um the finish for me is medium long it's not super long but it's definitely not short and it is um one where I do get mild notes of banana and man that what ultimately is going to be that peated barley and oak um that port oak and I I I love it
0: it is it's really good and in fact as you uh were starting your uh your analysis there I actually picked up some plum yeah and I thought that was really great. Yeah. You know, she, uh, she's
1: she got a little bit of that banana flavor. I don't know that I've ever tasted it. You frequently mention bananas as one of your tasting notes. Uh, that's I'm- more Brian than it is me. <laughs> Brian has like a, some kind of finish with bananas. <laughs> but, but for the first time, I'm uh, getting a little bit of a uh, banana at the finish there. <laughs> uh, Brian, where are you? We need our banana expert. Yeah, this is... Uh, Banana from <laughs> the Brazilian fields of Santa de la He likes his bananas. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, that's what he gets for ditching us.
0: It's time for our shout
1: outs. Um, I'm going to shout out to all of the directors The writers and the actors who have partaken in acting, writing, or directing um, our Smarter Challenge today, the different variations we have seen of Batman, the Dark Knight, and... uh, Bruce Wayne and uh, ultimately all the same person, um, at different stages of his life and day, but some very
0: different, different, uh, end results. Uh, one is probably less controversial, controversial than the other, but the first one is going to be a shout out to the U S truckers driving to uh, DC to, uh, protest for uh, freedom of choice when it comes to receiving a certain type of medication and lockdowns and things like that um to be there in time for uh, the absent-minded president's uh state of the union speech and the other one which is going to be a little bit more controversial just depending upon how you view things and and some of the dots that one might put together but um if everything is true and if the dots are pointing in the right direction and this person is a, a white hat who's been taken out by. a uh, bioweapon labs and um ending um deep state money laundering type of things uh and actually just truly really trying to save the Ukrainian people i will give a shout out to putin and if obviously if it proves to be wrong then i will retract my shout out to putin but for now from what i can tell from some of the uh alternative news that's coming out it seems that he's there to help out the ukrainian people and try to free them from uh the turmoil of the uh, deep state or new world order and some of the uh bio labs and stuff like that
1: yeah you bring up a really good point and i am truly glad you did actually because one of the things that i don't enjoy right now it's really hard for me to watch any any news or media coverage of the russian invasion on ukraine um partially because i see the same building being blown <laughs> up and burning down day after day after day. And I don't know how which happens
0: possible. to be like, if you look at it, like you do have web search, it's like the same building from like some kind of explosion that happened in China.
1: I don't, I don't know about that piece, but it's been the same building I've seen every day um, on the news. And you know, if this is like some war, then where's the other buildings? Like, why am I looking at the same building over and over and over again? Um, another piece is, man, I don't, Enjoy how the the press is and whoever is controlling the press, whoever that might be, <laughs> is controlling the press. Is trying to say that these sanctions and all these other actions that have been taken are really hurting Russia's economy. Guess what, boys and girls? We were never afraid of Russia's economy. Like that wasn't the point. We're afraid of their giant military force, not their money. So uh, and- I don't,
0: what. And Russia is not scared of sanctions either, because when you have Europe, most of Europe who's buying oh, yeah, oil right. from Russia, all Russia has to do and when a war occurs, there's gonna be a shortage in supply, so all they all they have to do is just jack up the price on the oil and Europe ends up funding the war anyway. Yeah, they're, so they're,
1: they're paying <laughs> Putin to to invade Ukraine. Just do the math. Like you guys, <laughs> keep an open mind here. Why is Biden trying to support this? Uh, well, let's oil not let's line. not let's not
0: bring up like Biden's son, uh, John <laughs> Kerry's son, Pelosi's son, and uh, Mitt Romney's son, all being part of uh, oil or gas companies in the Ukraine. That is a little odd. And isn't it weird too that when the prosecutor general uh in ukraine was investigating burisma which happens to be on the uh where hunter biden sat as a one of the board of directors they were being investigated and this was during obama's era and uh, joe and joe biden was there and he uh, threatened to withhold foreign aid to ukraine unless they fire the secretary general uh, back to my shout out which might be somewhat controversial it is for putin assuming that he is a white hat and he's doing the, the good for the people
1: Restaurant. So this evening we ventured to the tailgate in Parker. Giddy up, giddy up. um and it was a pleasant
0: surprise it was i enjoyed the place actually it it
1: was cool it was fun i can see um i could see it being a fun place to take a date to go with a friend to have a good time you don't dress up i wouldn't say it's a semi-formal or formal place but you wouldn't be so out of place just in a dinner jacket um or a blazer
0: and good music that everyone who was there was having a blast yeah, they were. I mean, you got what, a table like two down from us. They were just like singing along with songs and all. all yeah, stuff. I was kind of
1: glad when they shut up, though, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> they were singing all the wrong songs for me. I'm like, oh, come on. Really? <laughs> a decent spirit selection? Yes. Um, an, an okay draft selection? Um, yeah, Yeah, so not bad there. And then the food. So we started wow. with chili cheese fries. We have to go there.
0: I uh, no, not fries, tots,
1: chili cheese tots, that's right, started with chili <laughs> cheese tots because we've had some ray reviews from other locations in the past, and man, when they were delivered, wasn't so impressed
0: no, they were not very impressive <laughs> looking at all, however,
1: ah,
0: <laughs> even though they were very uh meek looking. Yeah. Yeah. They actually adds a lot of great flavor to it. Yeah, dude, that skinny little fifty pound kid could run. <laughs> they did.
1: They literally chili little cheese tots. Little, little
0: fifty pound kid that's yeah. being chased by a leopard. Yeah, how did he outrun the leopard?
1: I don't know, but the leopard's <laughs> over there exhausted. That was me trying to finish these tots. <laughs> <laughs> So chili, <laughs> green chili, cheddar <sugar laughs> cheese on top of tots. Tots were cooked perfectly. Then chili was great. The cheese was good. And it was surprising. And, after, and after,
0: after the leopard was all all exhausted, you offer him some tots. No way, man. They're mine. <laughs> mine tots.
1: <laughs> Nonetheless, Decent size plate, $7.99. They were finished. They, they, none hey, of them were left behind. No, they none of them were. No tots left behind. No tots left behind. Uh, again, so at the end, they were super <laughs> impressive for its flavor, and you got exactly what they described, which was perfect. Like, they, they, yeah, they perfect. described it
0: perfectly. And then he comes out, and you're like, oh, oh. okay, it's exactly what they said. But then when you taste them, like, Oh, this actually tastes pretty good. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) That's
1: the best cookie i ever had. That ain't no regular cracker. (laughs) (laughs) They were delicious. I proceeded um, to have uh, the New Yorker burger, which has a little bit of uh, sauerkraut, a a little bit of um, shaved... Corned beef, uh, swiss cheese, the buns were perfect. A nice slice of fresh red onion that I placed upon mine. Uh, The burger was also amazing. And what was really amazing, this burger's 12 bucks. And on Mondays, it's half price Burger Day. So this burger was less expensive than a, a burger I could get in McDonald's, and it was delish. It was flipping delish. amazing, like it was amazing, man. it's like Go Back Monday thing. Like, this yeah. Is, it, normally, I'm not like, yeah, you got to go
0: back and try it out. It's Happy Hour.
1: You could just go back. <laughs> I want to try every one of the. I think it was 12 burgers on that list.
0: Yeah, uh, I will. I agree. I think. Well we stumbled into it cause we were searching for a, uh, a restaurant to go to for this evening. Uh, I'm good right now. And, uh, and we picked the, the, the tailgate. And when we got there, we were looking at the menu and everything like that. And it was like a total win. We're like, Oh, Hey, check this out. Monday specials, half off burgers. We're like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to get a burger. And it wasn't like a $20
1: burger. It yeah. Was like
0: 12, 13 bucks. Exactly. And, and uh, the nice thing with me, uh was like, well, well with, with me choosing a burger. I normally go with like a barbecue bacon burger, but I I saw like a a Swiss burger on there with, you know, the sauteed mushrooms. I'm like, I haven't had one of these in a long time. So I got that and I swapped out regular Angus B for the bison burger and man, it was so delicious. The one, my one little, like, and this is not really a big complaint, but it's just a slight little one is I would have preferred to have a Dijon mustard rather than Mm -hmm. just a regular mustard. But the waitress was like super nice and super like upbeat and cheery. Um I seemed it seemed a little bit weird. I think she said she doesn't drink and she works in a pub, but. Yeah
1: she's like do you do you understand i just don't want to drink i'm like no
0: i don't understand i don't understand i have a podcast where we drink alcohol we talk about drugs
1: are you doing that you don't want to do alcohol
0: (laughs) but no she's like i the wait staff like they're very prompt it came over quite a bit to make sure we're okay um the burger was fabulous oh man uh the fries even though I, i i even ate all my fries i probably shouldn't have but i did But they were like beer-battered fries, and they tasted so good.
1: They were also amazing, especially with just a little teeny bit of ketchup. And I did not finish mine only because I had to save room for this delicious scotch.
0: Um, I actually preferred mine without the ketchup. Did you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it had more flavor without the ketchup. But in any case, I did end up like dipping some in ketchup, some of them. But uh, the mass majority I ate was like without the ketchup, and I really enjoyed it without. Yeah. Any case uh well I keep always saying any case <laughs> in every case <laughs> in every case I will say this though um, if you are looking for a good burger and you're in the Parker area on a Monday <laughs> especially on a Monday go to uh, the tailgate they have uh, some incredible burgers at least the two that we tried we both liked a lot there's a couple more on there I'd like to try. However, we film on Mondays and we usually go to a new restaurant every time. So I'm not sure when the next time is we'll be able to go back and visit them. Make time. We'll make, make time. time. <laughs> She's important. Make time for her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I do get, I think it is date worthy, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great place to hang out with buddies. Um, you know, like it's, it's kind of a low key place as far as to go like for a date or something like that. Some That place you're gonna really, you don't really have to dress up. You could. But I don't think you really need to there. And uh, it's just a, like a really good, fun place. So like, as you mentioned, a lot of people were having fun there. It's very lighthearted. Um, they played great music there. Yeah. So um, I would say, uh, ambiance-wise, it's like your standard pub. So I'd give it probably like a six. But uh, the waitstaff, the food, all of that, I think it's enough to offset, give me, to give them a total cost, like a total level of like an eight.
1: Yeah. Uh, For me, environment, atmosphere, inside a six, I'd like to go back during the summer sometime. They have that giant patio with all the fire pits. That might that that might bump it up. That could bump it up. Uh, But for me, the service was a seven, which was good. Um, The food was a, was, it was an, eight and a half, almost nine. Um, and then value-wise, you go on any given day, it's going to be an eight. You go when <laughs> they're having one of their specials and they have specials every day. Um, wings, for example, on Tuesdays. Oh, those wings days. look great they, on
0: that table next to us. They did look good.
1: Um, you, you take advantage of that. You're probably talking a 9.5, if not a 10 for value. Um, I can't remember. I was such, the last time I was such a cheap date, dude, I got out for $19 <laughs> with tip.
0: <laughs> That's including alcohol. Oh. Yeah, that's
1: with the beer. <laughs> like, seriously, uh, I've never had a date that cheap, not <laughs> even in high school, which was only a couple years ago. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, definitely date worthy, definitely friend worthy. Have fun, um, definitely noisy a little bit later as you get into the night. <laughs>
0: are you ready to rumble the best of batman that's right
1: well as we jump into this week's smarter challenge and uh the best of batman i'm gonna give a little brief history on batman Um, and if you can use your thinker um think about how war times might have played into a little bit about his development so uh batman was originally a superhero created by artist bob kane and writer bill finger i don't know if i like that name uh debuted in the 20th, liked like <laughs> yeah debuted in the 27th issue of detective comics on march 30th of 1939 uh De- detective Comics is the longest-running comic book in the United States, so that's pretty impressive. Originally introduced as a ruthless vigilante who frequently killed or maimed criminals and then evolved later through his own development and ultimately popularity as a character um, into a character with a stringent moral code and strong sense of justice. Uh, the Batman TV series used a camp aesthetic in the 1960s and it really only ran for two years and three months.
0: Pow! Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Ridiculously Boom! colored clothes, all that stuff. Like, So really played on the aesthetic of being uh, obscene if you will. Uh, uh, profound, exaggerated. Pow, uh-huh. bing. <laughs> um, and Batman was played by Adam West, so this is one of the the Batman characters. You know, if I go ask my mom who her favorite Batman actor was. Adam West. Uh, I think women
0: just like him. I do
1: too. He's kind of like the original
0: Superman. I should say older women just like him. I'm not sure, like I'm not sure, like a like a twenty year old, twenty year old girl would be like. Or a woman would be like, Yeah, I like Adam West. I
1: don't know. He's dead, so he's always <laughs> stiff. <laughs> That is stiff competition there. Yeah. I don't know if uh, the newer Batmans can keep it up like he can. <laughs> Creators work to return Batman to his darker the roots. blue
0: pill for him.
1: In the 70s and 80s, which culminated in a mini- the miniseries The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller in 1986. Um, a little bit about Frank Miller and his history. Um, he has written comics. Uh, he has written screenplays. He's directed... He's done producing, Um, some of his works include Daredevil, The Dark Knight Returns, Sin City, and 300. All some of my favorite action uh, movies, writings. This Uh, is Spartan. Yeah, you don't mess with the Spartan women in particular. (laughs) Seriously. So 1960s, for a couple of years, Adam West portrayed Batman in the TV series, uh, which was literally it's two years and three months that he was this. Um, In 1989, Batman was played by Michael Keaton and also in 1992 in Batman Returns. Um, Fun fact about that one, which you can see if you think about his other works, Tim Burton directed those two films, and you can absolutely see it in the way he portrays the joker and the penguin and some of the other characters uh 1995 a Batman forever played by Val Kilmer 1997 Batman and Robin where Batman was played by George Clooney these films um directed by Joel Schumacher were not received well in the masses of the public um not to say that they didn't do a decent job Uh, George Clooney definitely (laughs) didn't do a decent job but uh definitely not the Batman people were looking for in the late 90s um Then you get, you know, you jump forward nine more years, and you get Batman Begins in 2005, The Dark Knight in 2012, and then The Dark Knight Rises. um, and So 2008, 2012 for the final one. And these were done by Chris Nolan, who he himself and um, Christian Bale stopped, In this series of movies, even though I believe they did both plan originally um, after a very tragic event in our own Colorado history. So um, with that... You jump into Ben Affleck and his role as Batman. I don't think he did a terrible job. 2016 in Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and then again in Justice League in 2017.
0: Zack Snyder, you didn't even put the director's name there.
1: Yeah, I wasn't so, yeah, I don't know. Actually, Zack Snyder, I will say.
0: um, Well, he did, did, well, there's the Snyder cut, I guess you should say, for the uh, Justice League, which he had some kind of like a uh, some kind of family issue or something like that that popped up to where he couldn't finish Justice League, so uh, Josh is it Josh Wheaton or something like that. He came in and uh, finished up the Justice League. So it wasn't really the Justice League that should have been uh, well, like put they out they the theaters. Wanted, yeah. So then he went back in, and if you go on to HBO, they actually have the Snyder cut, and that is actually way better way longer, but way better. (laughs) It was four hours long. That's a pretty long
1: movie. Um, with that though, we've got the new one coming out next week. The Batman played by Robert Pattinson. I'm both excited and scared to see how this one pans out. Um, directed by Matt Reeves, who, I mean, really his bigger notable works for me were Dawn of the Planet of the Apes in 2014 and then War for the Planet of the Apes in 2017.
0: All right, so I guess this takes us and uh, I really can't mention anything about comic books because I never really read comic books. Really, the
1: one piece I would note, and is if you go back and you think about some of the ties here, um, Batman in the comic books evolved much as he has in the movies. He's gone from uh, originally played, I think, by Michael Keaton. If you look, if you jump into that sector with uh, Tim Burton's directing, uh, almost playful almost uh enlightened um light-hearted uh versus at the end of christian bale's reign and then especially ben affleck's a little bit darker um the comic books were no different and so that's really where the dark I'm
0: sure you said like the like in the history there. He started off as like killing people. So I'm not sure he was like super playful in the beginning.
1: No, 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 no. But in, <laughs> in most of his history, he started out, like if you really wanna break it down, he started out as the Punisher. I don't think he was gonna be super popular. <laughs> he started out as the Punisher in Detective Comics as a bad guy and a, a vigilante who was literally going around maiming people. We're not talking about slapping them, hurting their feelings, breaking on maiming them and killing them um, and then gain some popularity. But as is truthfully the case, you can't have some totally negative hero so he has to all of a sudden have a code if not a moral code and then it has to be pretty strict with that um, but with that in the movies you see the same thing with Michael Keaton you got this version um, played much like Adam West where it's kind of playful and then it goes very dark very quickly as life can have that effect on people.
0: All right so who's your favorite Batman out of the movies? Oh,
1: man. Um, as far as the comic books, my wrap up there is the Dark Knight series. When it did truly go to the Dark Knight, I was in, uh, well, I was much younger. And with that, uh, I, my, one of my favorite scenes of those comic books was the Batman. I'll never forget the Batman holding a criminal off of a bridge. And the, the criminal's like, well, let me go, let me go. And Batman's like, I'll let you go if you tell me what I need to know. And the criminal tells him. And the criminal says, come on, man, you said I'd let you go. And he's like, here you go. And he just drops him off the bridge. Guy that clearly did not survive, but he kept his word. Stick to his code. So as far as that, my best Batman for me, I actually think Ben Affleck did a really nice job transitioning from Christian Bale into the Justice League or Batman versus Superman um, playing the role the way he did. I understand politically why he was, if you will say, not received well. um, But it's, it is Christian Bale was my favorite actor for the Batman. And you often use the term arc. I think it's a very popular arc, um, you know, where you've got somebody who loses everything and then has to gain it and then loses it again and then finds, you know, their destiny, if you will, the hero tale. And he does a really nice job acting throughout. He, he really did in particular for me, um, the way he is broken, but then refines a purpose in life or life I- at all in, in the Batman rises, uh, man, he did a great job. How about yourself? Favorite Batman.
0: Well here, I think it's a little bit tough to kind of the only one that really had like kind of a character arc all the way through is Christian bill. Uh, cause if you really look at like Michael Keaton, he only had what two, two films. Uh, and then Ben Affleck had two films, but really his two films weren't just Batman Uh, george clooney had one to himself. Al kilmer had one to himself So I don't think a lot of them really gave you like a whole total like character arc or showing the build-up of like how batman or bruce bruce wayne evolves over time but in the uh, short amount of stuff that that we have to work with. Um, Even though he may have been unpopular. uh, I do think one of the better actors who played the Bruce Wayne part of Batman would be Ben Affleck. And I think he did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he did a great job as uh, as Batman too. Although he his I think the way his like Maybe it's the way his costume was, but he didn't seem as as mobile as the as the other ones. But it could also be too, though. I think um, when you see Ben Affleck in his character as uh, Bruce Wayne and uh, and Batman, I think he's like a little bit of an older fifties, uh, an older Batman. So that way, that could would kind of pertain to him, maybe moving a little bit slower or having a little bit, be a little bit more stiffer. Um, after him, though, I would say I probably would have to give it to. Uh, uh to christian bill because you do get to see a whole arc from from the time that he leaves uh and and gets trained as Batman uh with the with the league of shadows all all the way to when he um um uh, when you have the uh, the rise of the dark card dark Knight Rises i think is that what, is that what the last one Dark Knight Rises yeah yeah so I think you get a good character arc there because it kind of finishes off at the end where he meets Alfred's kind of, like, thought or goal. It's not, like, explicit that he does it, but you kind of get the hint at the end that he's at the cafe that that Alfred asked, you know, said that he wanted to see mm-hmm. um, Bruce Wayne out with, with a woman. Absolutely. So I, I think you have a really, like, if you're going to look at, like, which which one of them gives you the best, like, start to finish, that's going to be Christian Bale. Uh, one-time performance or possible two-time performance. I go with uh, Christian bell. even though I think a lot of people believe uh, Michael Keaton is their favorite because I've heard a lot of people say they like Michael oh, Keaton. Yeah, has, they love has him. A,
1: yeah, and Tim Burton did a great job. And to your point, I think maybe it's more important to consider which of the directors therefore did the better job, as much as portraying Batman with an actor, but also how they directed that actor um, in Batman Begins. With Christian Bale, you see a man transform. You don't have to have the whole series of all three. You do not see that in either of the Michael Keaton movies. You don't see that with Val Kilmer, George Clooney, or even Ben Affleck. But I do think Ben Affleck, man, he had uh, really tough shoes to fill. And uh, again, I I think... Hats off to him. He did a great job. Um, I, I would like to see him continue that role, although I think they have different plans. Um, but the same thing with the Dark Knight Rises, you whether or not you had seen anything else, you see this man broken and rebuilt.
0: Yeah, and I think you're you're absolutely on to something here. Cause like when you look at Tim Burton, like a lot of, if you look at a lot of his work, it's more like on the macabre type of side of things where and a lot more, like, playful, cartoony-ish. And when you watch, and I think this is why maybe people like Michael Keaton a lot, is because when his Batman version came out to the theaters, it was, like, a big event. And uh, oh, yeah. and it had the comic book feel to it. Um, it didn't seem as, like, dark and gritty, but more, like, I mean, it, there was definitely some darkness to it, but um it, it just had like a little bit more of a comic book feel Um, uh, like like a comic book coming to life if you will whereas if you watch like uh you know um, the
1: dark knight series
0: yeah batman begins more of a dark graphic Be- novel yeah exactly and then when you look at the justice league that's almost kind of more like a you know batman versus superman and then the justice league that's more of um uh, graphic novel, too. Yeah, Um, it is a really
1: good point. And to your point as well, Michael Keaton, Batman, late 80s, uh, that is at the peak of comic book popularity, Um, in particular, the peak of the antisocial, psychotic, antiheroes or villains, vigilantes, the Punisher and others. That's when they were super popular. So the movie, yeah, I think did have a role with that as well.
0: All right um your favorite movie oh yeah
1: for me favorite movie for sure the dark knight rises that one was uh, after revisiting all of them all the, uh, the the movies not the tv shows but after revisiting the movies um it reminded me for so many reasons why it's my favorite and really it is that piece where it inspires it engages it um enthralls me to pray that there are still people of this character of Bruce Wayne's character the way he played it uh, you know I think about war or anything else I want that guy to be the one fighting for me
0: um that is a it is a good movie because you get like even more of a, like uh you get you originally get the arc from that series but then you get like a little sub arc in there mm-hmm. uh, where he's where he's already kinda of climbed the top of the mountain, got gets knocked down and climbs back up again. So it gives you that whole like uh underdog kind of feel again to him. Uh I think that's a that's a great movie. Uh, my favorite though Oh man, tell me, I can't wait. Is gonna be The Dark Knight. <laughs> I, I can't and, fault
1: you. I literally can't <laughs> fault you.
0: I'm going to show you a magic trick. I'm going to make this pistol disappear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a good trick. Because here's the thing, right? Heath Ledger, oh my God. He was like, I remember seeing the pictures of him as the Joker. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a terrible Joker. And when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh OMG. Like he just played the Joker to the T like he was such an incredible Joker and he really stole the show. Like, yeah, there was like a two face in there. Harvey, like uh Harvey Denton, and that that guy, like he's okay. Um, but really I think the acting from Heath Ledger, uh, like he, I think he did such a phenomenal job, but like, he really stole the show. And, uh, I think he outperformed, uh, Christian Bale, but even with Christian Bill being the dark night there. I mean, you could just, they really played off each other well. And I just honestly really enjoyed that movie so much. So that's my number one.
1: All right. Do you want to roll that right into your favorite villain?
0: <laughs> favorite villain, the Joker. <laughs> and more particularly when I'm talking about the Joker, I'm going to say Heath Ledger. The Dark Knight, 2008. Dark 2008. Yep. Yeah, gotcha. And uh, <laughs> honestly, if, if if too bad what happened to Heath Ledger happened because I would have loved him to reprise the role and and continue to do the Joker because he did such an incredible job as the Joker. As a close runner-up, though, I will say Mark Hamill with all of his animation and the video games uh where he voiced the Joker because he I think he does a great job being the Joker and he's done it like multiple multiple times yeah so yeah Joker is my best villain all I right. guess uh,
1: so for me this is a tough one so Heath Ledger does an amazing job in the Dark Knight from 2008. by far the best Joker ever played in my mind however you got to give Jack Nicholson some credit for his role in 1989 for the way he portrayed it um because what it is that Heath Ledger did and ultimately what what made the Joker movie itself the standalone so possible was you had to understand the Joker's crazy like this is guy this is a guy who's insane but he's also Got something in him that's ticking just enough to make a plan and to make that plan a successful or potentially successful strategy to to wreak havoc uh, and destroy so much in his way. Um, man, Tom Hardy does an amazing job. He as does Bain. good Bane.
0: He does good.
1: And Liam Neeson, man, he did a fabulous job as Raj Ghoul or Henry Ducard. I like to, when I was thinking about who's the, the most, which is the villain that's the best to me, I take a little bit of thought and and I look at the timeline from Raj Ghul as his role in Batman Begins 2005. And then you jump back and you skip this whole movie with the Dark Knight where the Joker comes into play. To 2012, The Dark Knight Rises, and it kind of reminds me of this uh, usual suspects, Kaiser Soze type of feeling where I'm like, man, this is someone as a criminal who doesn't fail. And so, in, in probably unfathomable to most people, Miranda Tate, Talia Agul, raagul's daughter played by marion Cottlehard, is by far the best villain to me and why she is the best villain this is something that's so interesting
0: she's your best villain
1: she is the best villain here's why she was written and acted the role flawlessly she's this close to batman to everyone who trusts that she's trying to save gotham and she's the one that's destroying it. She's the one with all the power. This is what's scary to me. This is people who, who might, I don't know, elect a president and don't realize the evil that someone's capable of who put a person in a position of power. Biden. I don't know. What did he do that to, <laughs> but for people who put, I know what you mean. For people who put someone in a position of power. This is what scares me. The Joker crazy guy. Yeah. Scary. Going to do some bad. That doesn't scare me. People like this are what scare me because they are world enders. They are society enders. And like, you bring up a good point. I don't know who's currently running this country, but they're running it into the ground. It's hard to think that they weren't doing that intentionally. Meanwhile, yeah, vote for me. Elect me. I want to save America. Uh, what? (laughs) When does it happen? Where is this pencil going to disappear?
0: Here's the funny part. You're saying like her who gets really close to Batman or to Bruce Wayne and all that. I mean, she seems like the good person.
1: She gets close enough that he's inside of her.
0: (laughs) She seems like a good person, but in in, in actuality, she's destroying the city, That's but on I the mean. flip side, you have the total crazy guy, the joker. And actually he probably makes more sense than any of them. That's my point. That's the joker. Doesn't scare me.
1: I understand that he has a problem with something, <laughs> but he's
0: right about society though.
1: I mean, then maybe POTUS isn't doing anything wrong
0: currently. <laughs> no, talking, like you look at the joker when he talks about in the dark night, and how he questions society and really he's he's not totally wrong with how our society is when he's questioning. dude potus
1: in term to your point (laughs)
0: No, I, I don't
1: disagree with you, but that's what scares me. That's what keeps me up at night. Isn't the people who are crazy, who are doing sick things, um, that doesn't make me happy. That doesn't make me sleep well, but it doesn't keep me up at night. What keeps me up at night are these people who are truly doing devious things, but are able to come this close and the average person would never know it.
0: Welcome to American politics.
1: I know. It that doesn't keep me, giving me very good sleep any, right now. I, I'm not kidding. How, I'm like,
0: however old you are, you've lived with it this long.
1: I mean, yeah, but uh, even the, the previous presidents I didn't trust uh, didn't do this. Like, this is scary to me. But anyway, yeah, she's the one. She's the one who uh, scares me. People All like right. that.
0: All right. Okay, who's who's the worst villain? Sorry, is that on your list here that you gave us? Who's who's the worst villain? All right.
1: We got to throw it out there For me, Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger yes.
0: <laughs> That's who I was good to And
1: picked. I love him, man He's so, particularly in that time frame <laughs> That Terminator, Commando All these movies where he is just <laughs> the Mr. Freeze was so terrible <laughs> He was the worst <laughs> was,
0: was that the George Clooney movie Or was that uh, Clooney, Val Kilmer? Clooney Alright, cause like, I think honestly uh Which one, who did Val Kilmer have to go up against?
1: Man, I don't even remember. I think that's part of it, though. Like, the directors do or don't make a villain memorable, depending on where you are in your life and the scape, the landscape when I say the scape. Um, And I think that was part of the tragedy of Val Kilmer is I didn't think he developed a great Bruce Wayne. I thought he played a decent Batman, but he was utterly forgettable to me.
0: See, and I think Val Kilmer could have been one of those ones that if he was given, like, two or three movies, it would have shown how good of a Batman he could have been. Uh, just like i think Ben affleck probably deserved another like or either a solo movie or another another round but here's the
1: lesson boys and girls listen to our restaurant reviews make sure you got the right (laughs) setting make sure you got the right directors so when you go in if you wanted a first date and you think you want a second or third you get a chance unlike val or (laughs) george
0: And really, like, uh, and then hope that, like, no, like, no family issues or something pops up so you can get another second one. Because I think uh, if you look at what Zack Snyder had planned out for his whole art uh, arc of a story, it was going to be, like, I think it's like three or four movies uh, of an arc or maybe five for the the DC universe. And it was going to play out pretty well. And I think uh, if all the actors and everything would have stayed on board with it and if the Producers would have gone with it. They it would have been great, but here's the problem, and I think this is why I like a lot about Batman versus Superman is that it was is uh, the the studio said it was too dark and i think, and i think it was gritty and dark enough
1: no i th- i thought it was perfect and when we talk about superman and batman and their origins superman was introduced into this world just 9 months prior to batman in comic books 9 months we're talking about a, a june to a, July, a march of the following year um that's pretty impressive like uh, so that's what really makes me think, like, think about your history and your timelines. What was the world going through that they needed a true hero and a uh, vigilante?
0: I think, well, I think if you look at 39, like a lot of those people were probably reading comic books at that time. They lived um, through the Great Depression. So yeah, like the, like the roaring 20s a little bit too. So yeah, like, like, you know, yeah. we have all the gangsters running around shooting up things and stuff yeah why wouldn't you have a vigilante yeah June of
1: 1938 Superman we're hoping that the good guy is gonna save the day and then at the end March of but 39 you, know, you need your vigilante Batman, but, some, so, but
0: sometimes you you don't need the good guy you you need the guy who's gonna get himself dirty like that and uh that kind of reminds me of the uh what was it the Dark Knight Returns is that that one that uh Frank Miller wrote Yes Yeah so I didn't I never read that comic book But I saw the ad, The adaptation that they did uh, For the animated uh, movies mm-hmm. It was t- a two part series And yeah he Like Superman's like He obeys the government And like uh, The Justice League was disbanded And The one city when uh, A nuclear bomb goes off Or whatever And turns off Like basically It's like an EMP That goes off over All of the United States All the cities. Go into turmoil, except for Gotham, Gotham. and uh, and then after that, uh, the president at the time who's who was supposedly Reagan, and then this cartoon sends Superman to go kill Batman, and Batman did the right thing. I didn't say he didn't do the right thing. <laughs> I didn't say you did. I'm just saying, like, you know, sometimes the vigilante is the right answer, even though it's the wrong answer. It
1: can never be the right answer, but it's just not the wrong answer. So read between the lines.
0: <laughs> it was the
1: right That's answer. That's what she said.
0: <laughs> Anyhow, okay.
1: Favorite Catwoman. Yeah. All right, what you got?
0: What, what do I got? Or oh, you want me to go? I can go. Just give me a second here. All right. Here you go.
1: You're thinking Eartha Kitt.
0: This is going to be my favorite cat one right here.
1: Oh, Tim Basinger.
0: That ice cold,
1: Michelle Pfeiffer, that white gold.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Michelle Pfeiffer. that Michael white gold. Keaton,
1: Tim Burton, Jack Nicholson. Song played in the museum where Jack Nicholson destroys all the art.
0: That's not that song. Yeah, it is. That's not. Is no, that's uh, Uptown Funk.
1: Okay. By Bruno Mars. All right, quite a few later, quite a few years later. It's, a, it's pretty close evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that song?
0: Yeah. Okay. In, in fact, that was uh, that was done by Prince, and yes. I, that was going to be my favorite song for nice. this uh, for like uh, the movies. So. There. All right. But in any case, yeah, I, I will go with Michelle Pfeiffer. I know her her original character before she becomes uh, the Catwoman is a little bit uh, <laughs> a little bit on the. Uh, Annoying side, but uh, I think she ended up doing a pretty good one. And honestly, if I really wanted to. If, if we update things and stuff like that, I mean, I think Michelle Fiber was good for her time. And then um, uh, dang, I forget her name. Anne Hathaway. She did an awesome job, too. Anne Hathaway. But th- my problem with Anne Hathaway. And I think this is my problem with a lot of movies that have come out lately is it just had just a little bit too much of a social justice warrior stuff going on there for me.
1: I mean, Anne Hathaway at the end of the day was my favorite cat woman. And I just thought she played the role the way a cat would play the role smart. And, man, I don't like cats. I'm just saying. Like, I think Michelle Pfeiffer played my version of a cat flawlessly. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Kick it off a building. Just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Uh, But uh, she was my favorite cat woman now. But here's where it gets interesting because the next one is uh, favorite quotes or quote.
0: Um, Doug Nicholson for me here.
1: Dude. So for me... This one is the one time I want to kick back to the TV series, the TV show, Eartha Kitt plays Catwoman and Eartha Kitt's quote. And this is, this is so perfect. It literally is perfect. Her quote is you'd better pray. Batman is a man, man more than he's a policeman. This was in episode 14 from 1967. You better pray. Batman is, you remember batman that from man, the tv series more than he's a policeman dude there are some quotes you literally cannot forget and this is the point though um you literally just said it sometimes you need a vigilante right you'd better pray batman is a man man more than he's a policeman dude th- Okay. If you don't get a better quote.
0: Well, I guess my quote, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes, actually comes from a villain as well.
1: Oh well, Catwoman wasn't totally a villain.
0: <laughs> but mine is uh, never rub another man's rhubarb.
1: <laughs> He's talking about the vegetable, or is it a fruit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jack Nicholson, the Joker. And That's a good the, one. Yeah, uh, I don't know why, but that was always that that, that one's always. Uh, That one's always hung around.
1: Yeah. The other one that really has always stuck with me is when Liam Neeson's character is fighting, training Bruce Wayne, Christian Bale on the ice. And Christian Bale says, I failed, blah, blah, blah. could be any number of things, but I failed. And Liam Neeson's character says no your father failed and that's another one that always sticks with me especially once you have kids because you are responsible for some basics and at the end of the day you don't necessarily guarantee or deny your kids success by training them or teaching them or gifting them certain lessons in life but you better believe um, if by giving them some of those lessons you can benefit
0: them. So my other one, my other favorite uh, quote, and I'm probably going to misquote it because I didn't write it down, but it does come from The Dark Knight. It's from Alfred, and uh, he's talking to Bruce Wayne about the Joker, and he was uh, telling him about some kind of experience that he had with some uh, people like when he was uh, in battle or in the Army or something like that, and he said that uh, some men just want to see the world burn. Yeah, it's true. And I think it's totally true. I mean, look at today's times, right? I mean, there's obviously people who are destroying the world and they're just, and they're doing it, you know, for whatever reason, they just want to see the world burn. Yeah.
1: All right. Any,
0: any hero, superhero better than Batman,
1: man. So here's where, you know, it is interesting. Um, and I think to your point, when you talk about the later two, the last two movies, really before this new evolution of the Batman, um, Justice League Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice you get an opportunity to really see both sides of humanity and when you're talking about a better person when it comes to who's an actual better code a better morality it's absolutely superman he's the one person that is a better hero than anyone and here's where it gets tricky is and here's, i don't think so dude here's where i know where you're going but you're wrong here's where it gets tricky is this guy's not human he is literally the guy who saves humanity time after time after time, and he's not even human. Um, you're thinking, okay, well, Batman beats Superman. Batman's only ever ability to beat Superman was one-on-one by...
0: No, that's not what I'm yeah. saying. Like, he's he would be the better one. I'm just saying that that's not... I don't think that's necessarily the truth.
1: All right. I'm saying morality better as in morality, as far as who gets the job done by not doing wrong. Superman's the one other person. There are lots of good heroes, um, but most heroes break things by fixing the ones they want to. And I, that's the one thing where I think Superman, even though the government hates him and ultimately controls him that Superman doesn't break a code where I think Batman and a lot of others, and not that they're breaking their code, but they, their morality is a little different.
0: See, and and here's where I think Batman might be better than Superman, because I think he looks at all factors and he critically thinks about things and he plans for them. Like he, he sees Superman and he knows that there's a possibility for how strong Superman is that if he does, he, he if he decides not to be benevolent anymore you need to have a plan of how to destroy him and likewise i i forget which one it is but it's one of the animation uh Mm -hmm. movies but batman goes through and for all the all the members of justice league he has a file on how to defeat all of them including himself yeah It'd be one thing if uh, Batman did not include himself in that, but he did. He included how to defeat himself as well.
1: Well, the reason he has the file if you read all the comic books about how to defeat himself is so he knows how anyone else might possibly come after him it's really not giving any credence to this is how he would get defeated or how someone could defeat him it's how he can avoid being defeated because that's the (laughs) way they might possibly defeat him um but yeah i I I hear what you're saying about the batman doing that but in doing that he also blindsides, and if you look at just the most recent two movies, he literally creates the weapon um, that creates a situation where Superman and also another villain can be killed. But his whole goal was to kill <laughs> Superman, who ultimately he ends up bringing back to but life I think <laughs> because he didn't foresee the real threat. The real threat was not Superman. The real threat was whatever else is out there is evil, like Superman.
0: I, I mean, I don't. I don't think I can fault him. Where he goes, like if there's a one percent chance that he's evil, that we have to like take our shot at him. If, if need be, take him out before he takes us all out.
1: That's the the flaw, though, is that it's there's a chance, and so when you start looking at that, you start walking down the street and you're playing judge, jury and executioner. And everyone you look at that, you don't like the way they look or they act. You shoot them because he is a
0: vigilante. There's a
1: 1% (laughs) chance. This guy might go crazy and hurt a dog. There's a 1% chance. Yeah, but you
0: have to look at like what happened there. This is like after the battle between Superman and, uh, general Zod. So, I mean, yeah, like these aliens coming in, destroying much of the earth and stuff like that. And in this case, you know, you could see where he, his thought process is and trying to like rid the earth of Superman. So therefore like you don't have these other non humans coming to, to earth. I, I don't, I don't really fault the guy, but I think, <laughs> I think here, I think you have to kind of like a couple different things. So, cause with Superman, if you're just a pure boy scout pure and through and through, I think ideally everyone thinks like that would be their, the best thing ever. But those people can be easily manipulated too. And when they're easily manipulated, their innocence or their so-called code can be used against them to 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 actually do more harm than good. Whereas if you have someone like Batman, that's saying like his like he has a good strong moral code too. I mean he, he follows his own code. It just may not be the right code all the time <laughs> for for society. And uh, I think they both have pros and cons um and uh, that's the only reason why i think i would choose uh batman over superman because even though he, he his code may not be right all the time at least he's not totally blind to when uh when you have to break from society to make to to make a right judgment call i mean you can be wrong and right at the same time <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell that to your <laughs> test taker. <laughs> yeah, you see wrong, I see right. <laughs> uh, I think there is a definite ebb and flow of that. There was a Just place. A there is a need for people like Batman to be heroes too. Um, to me, though, when it, and, and I, it sucks because the truth of the matter is superman never makes a gamble on anyone's life unless yeah he does he sees a threat that is real not there's a one percent chance there's a
0: threat come on he'll go and save uh whatever his girl's name before like some other like random show is in trouble
1: that, but that's not see that you're sounding like the US government in the movies now but we didn't have control over who you saved or didn't save what made her life worth more You still saved a life. You didn't take anyone's life that wasn't putting a life in danger, that wasn't doing wrong. You just weren't controlled. So to that point, he wasn't controlled. And just like the Batman, he's making his own choices, deciding what to do and what not to do. I agree with you. The Batman has a place. um, But to me, the better hero ultimately is Superman. The tragedy is none of us will ever be him because we're all human. He was and is not.
0: I think, uh, that's why he's
1: easy to hate who Superman. That's why so many people hate him and they want the Batman. They want the human to win because he's human. Superman's an alien. I have no problem with aliens, by the way, unless they're illegal. (laughs) Technically, would he be illegal? (laughs) No, man. The guy had a passport and a mommy and a daddy in Kansas. (laughs) Uh,
0: But you
1: didn't need a passport.
0: I think what you what you probably do need if we if we want to be really kind of realistic you do need to have the light side and the dark side really honestly I
1: don't I mean I hear what you're saying and I think that's what humans want I think that's why men love their conspiracy theories more than some women love their soap operas
0: <laughs> I mean cuz honestly you want to have try to keep everything above board but here's here's the reality right sometimes you can't have everything above board because if everyone knew everything, then I'm, it might cause more harm than good. Yeah, All you have to do is watch
1: our last few podcasts and <laughs> you see that, but then you get into the tricky situation was with this, was the CIA or the FBI wrong? I think they were <laughs> wrong. But <laughs> well, but not everyone can have all the information. See, that's a slippery slope. Once you break that morality.
0: But I, th- I think, I think the CIA and the FBI already broke that morality. For sure, I think you have to like. Hence, the Dark Knight. I think we Batman go. Batman
1: does it too. Batman decides who to kill, even though they shouldn't have necessarily been killed in the Dark Knight. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying when it comes to being more moral, it's Superman.
0: I'm gonna give it a toss up.
1: All right, dude. It's morals. It's not a toss up. Batman <laughs> killed at a whim during the Dark Knight series. <laughs> I'm not saying he was wrong. He just didn't even find out if he was right. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead.
0: All right. Um, well, I think we probably should wrap it up.
1: Yeah, no. Um it, do you, have, you already mentioned my favorite moment in all of the movies because it was the perfect way for Nolan and Bale to wrap up their term as the director and the actor of Batman when Bruce Wayne is with Anne Hathaway and the butler comes to his coffee shop in what is perceived to be Italy off the coast looks gorgeous for the one holiday he takes every year and all he wanted was to see that Christian Bale had disappeared, but he was still alive, living a real life. And I think why this is so impactful to me is because at the end of the day, even though Christian Bale, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne remembers his mom and his dad, they both died when he was very young. And Alfred was the closest thing he really had to a father. Likewise, Bruce Wayne was the closest thing Alfred ever had to his son. So, and I think it was acted and played perfectly. Um, It's my fondest memory in all of the Batman movies.
0: Uh, Most memorable moment for me, uh, it'll probably be the scene in the art museum with Jack Nicholson and where they're destroying the art and stuff. Um, But, uh, yeah. Uh, any, any any last words as we actually say goodbye to the people?
1: I know. Thank you. Let us know what you think of our Batman review. Is it Superman? Is it Batman? Is there another one out there? Punisher's pretty badass, too. Um, So who's the best uh, hero? Who was the best villain? Let us know what you guys think. Uh, Share if you're looking for a great uh, scotch that's been double distilled. Um, This one first in oak casks and then also later in... Oh, such delicious port wood casks. Um, definitely a treat.
0: Definitely is. All right. Um, so real quickly, next week's uh, Smarty Challenge, actually, we're just going to stay on the Batman theme, and we're just going to do a movie review of the new Batman, do some compare and contrast to some of the other movies, and uh, just kind of give our breakdown of how the movie, how the movie is. Um, and then our, what's the... Uh, Scotch, we're doing next week.
1: Ah, should we do the Craig Isle? I
0: don't know, whatever one you want to do.
1: Craig Isle 12-year, an Isla single malt scotch and uh, 42.2% alcohol by volume. All right.
0: And uh, with that, thank you everyone for watching, uh, who watches us on YouTube and Rumble. Drink responsibly. Uh, drink, yeah, definitely drink responsibly. Um, and for those of you who listen to us on Podbean and Spotify, thank you for listening to us. Um, if you could, please uh, let us uh, in the comments down below. As Jesse had mentioned, please leave some comments about who uh, your favorite parts about Batman, who your favorite villain was, who your favorite Batman was, and, and why. And we love to discuss that with you in the comments down below. Um, if you do want to become a patron, if you do look in the comments down below the very, very first one (laughs) is a link to our Podbean uh, patron link, uh, you become a member for as little as $1 a month. Uh, anything that we do get, uh, in our, uh, from our patrons that does go back into our show. And, um, I guess with that, uh, thank you once again, everyone for watching us and please like, share and subscribe our, our our podcast here. We'd greatly appreciate that. And, uh, hopefully you all have a great night and cheers. Cheers. Life is great. Life is great. And, uh, same Scotch time, same Scotch hour. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch hour. If you did, please like share and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you. And hopefully you have a wonderful evening.